Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. I'm preaching on the subject, ushering in the presence of God. It kind of feels like an afterthought. I walked into the sanctuary and shortly after walking in, I looked over at Brother Cecil. I said, the Holy Ghost is in this building. I feel the presence of God in a mighty way. Amen. And I don't believe that the ushering in happened just because we showed up. I believe the ushering in happened because there's been prayer. There's been fasting. There's been seeking the face of God. And we welcome his presence here today. Someone say amen. Amen. Praise be to God. If you would, again, turn with me in your Bibles to uh, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 2. And just the first part of that is what I wanted to read. That's not the entire verse. But I want you to notice, And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from uh, Baal of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God. This is a long story. I'm not going to preach the entire story. But it is a very interesting story. And today I want us to talk about ushering in the presence of God. The presence of God, we should usher in not only his presence into our home, but into our individual lives, our temple, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and into church. It's important that we dwell in the presence of the Most High God. In his presence, is fullness of joy. I feel prompted by the Holy Ghost right now to tell somebody that you have struggled with joy because you just haven't been in his presence. It's not that you're a bad person. You just need to take a little bit more time to get into his presence because in his presence is fullness of joy. Father God, let this be a day where your presence fills this place. And Lord, I pray not only here, but those who are watching, whether it be by any media, dear God, that you would go to where they are and minister to them and let your presence be real and powerful to them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. You may be seated. God bless you. I uh, was reading from 2 Samuel, and I want to take a moment, if you would, to follow along with me. David gathered all the choice men of Israel. Everyone say choice. I don't believe anything is in the Bible by accident. What I believe that God used the word choice is he was saying that David didn't just gather any old thing any old way. 
to present to God. Some people are just happy to give God the leftovers. Give God what he wouldn't give anyone else. Come on. Uh, let, let me just go a step further. Give God what you don't even want. But David said, I'm going to take choice men, 30,000 of them. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, whose name is called by the name, the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubims. And they set the ark of God on a new cart. Everyone say new cart. So we have choice men on a, and then he took the ark and placed the ark on a new cart. The best for God. Everyone say, the best for God. I wonder right now if time stopped and God sent angels through the congregation I, and he put a tag on each of us. That one gave the best in worship. That one gave the best. That one didn't. That one didn't. That one did. That one didn't. wonder what our tag would be. Oh boy, preacher, I wish you'd move on because I wouldn't give him my best. Well, start giving him your best right now. Now, here's the deal. The ark of God represented the presence of God. And in Exodus chapter 25 and verse 22, God said, and there I will meet with you where the ark is I will meet with you wherever that's at. That's why they carried it everywhere they went because God said, I will meet with you where that ark is. And I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, which is where the cherubims, it was two cherubims, two angels, and they were placed over the ark. And God said, I will meet with you and I will speak to you. Now, I'm not trying to tell us to go back into Old Testament times, but I am telling us this, that there has been a new covenant, and now we can get into his presence. It's not a box with the Ten Commandments in it. It is you and I, the temple of the Holy Spirit, we can open ourselves up and usher in the presence of God. Now, I want to give you an example here. I've got, let me just see, I'm going to, I'm pulling out a $20 bill, and, and Neil is on the front here. And Neil, uh, he's sitting on the front road. Um, Neil, I've, uh, I've got $20. Now, Neil, this $20 is yours. It's a blessing. You can go out and eat. It's your $20 bill. How many of y'all want Neil to get this $20 bill? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, here it is, Neil. Come get it. There it is, Neil. Come on. That's how some of y'all were worshiping. Oh, look at your neighbor and say, he was talking about you. Neil, I'm going to give you one more chance. Here's a $20 bill. Here's a blessing. Come get it. Come get it, Neil. Until Neil gets in my presence, he's not going to get that $20 bill. Do you see? Until he gets into my presence, he's not going to get the $20 bill. And so the bottom line is, Neil is leaving here with a blessing. Get on out of here. <laughs> now, there's two things I wanted to show to you. Number one, he had to get in my presence. And the second thing is, why did it take him so long to get in my presence when I said, here it is? I want to tell you why some people can't get in God's presence. Because all week long... They've been filling themselves with junk. And they've got to unload the junk before they can get into God's presence. Oh, here we go. Y'all blame this on God. This part isn't on my notes. Uh, here, here we go. Fasten your seatbelts. Yep. You've been smart mouth. You've been foul mouth. You've been... Lying, cheating, doing things you know you ought not to. Come on, help me. Been mean to your wife, smart mouth to your husband, talking to your children like they're dirt. And then you come to the house of God and the accuser of the brethren, the devil, while you're trying to worship is telling you, don't raise your hand. You know how you talk to your wife. You know what name you called her. You know how you flipped that guy off when he cut you off in traffic. Come on. You know you haven't been doing what you ought to do. You, you know you haven't been paying your tithe. You know you haven't been praying. You know you haven't been doing what was right. And here you are trying to worship the whole time. You're unloading baggage. And that's why it takes so long for some people to get into the presence of God because they don't come ready to get into the presence of God. I've told you this before. When I was a kid, now, now you can go to the grocery store naked. Yeah, that's true. You go, to, you, go to, you go to Walmart and there is no telling what you're gonna see people dressed like. Yeah. When I was a kid, if you're getting ready to go to the grocery store, I've told you this before, mom would call us out the yard, get in there, get cleaned up and make sure you put on clean underwear. And every one of us who have any age on us know what the next line is. Why do I need to put on new or clean underwear? Because we might get in a wreck. Doesn't make sense yet, but that's how it was done back then. Come on. So I'd have to go and get cleaned up to go walk to a grocery store. 
But yet still, we come to the house of God with all kind of filth and grime. Listen, I'm not talking about clothes. I'm talking about baggage. We're, we, we've, we've got bad attitudes. We, we've got a bad spirit. And then we walk out of here and go, I don't know why God will bless everyone else. He sure didn't bless me. You didn't even get unpacked yet. Oh boy. You didn't even get unpacked. Right now, I want you to say, God, here's the whole luggage. Here's all the junk. I'm sorry for what I did wrong. And I'm ready to get into your presence because in your presence, there is fullness of joy. And I want to meet with you. And I want to talk to you. And I want you to talk back. So we get to this place. And the Ark of the Covenant has been captured by the Philistines. The Ark of the Covenant, where God's presence dwelt, where God would speak to them, the Philistines, the enemy had taken their power. The enemy had taken their shout. The enemy had taken their joy. The enemy had taken away their, their place where God would meet with them. I'm asking you right now to look into your heart. Has the enemy taken away your joy? Has the enemy taken away the things that would cause you to be successful? And if so, I want you to get angry about it. I want you to do something about it today, just as this story is going to unfold. Now, here's what happened. See, Eli was the chief priests back then and Eli was turning a blind eye to the sins that were happening with his boys. His boys were priests also and his boys were doing bad things with the money but they also were doing sexual things and, 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 and he was just turning his face away from it. He was regarding iniquity. And, and if you and I regard iniquity, the blessings of God are not going to be on us. I, I, you don't have to be a rocket science to, a scientist to figure that out. God said, if you regard sin, I'm not going to bless you. Well, Eli had regarded that and, and the ark had been taken away. And, and so uh, the, it was captured and and it was going to get even worse. See, sometimes we, we can do church. It can look like church, but have no power and no anointing. I just want to tell you, I praise God that the voices of praise don't just go, now I'm on my way, now I'm on my way. Now I'm on my way. Now I'm on my way. Hey, hey, hey. Now I'm on my way. How boring would that be? Man, they look like they were plugged into electricity. Now I'm on my way. Amen. I don't want to just do church. I, I, I want the anointing to make church happen. And so the ark had been captured. And it isn't that the ark was the power, it was the symbol where God's presence would meet. 
See, we have a cross that's in our baptism area. And that cross is not the power. It is the symbol of the place where Jesus died. Uh, uh, we, we have many symbols. The Ark of the Covenant was not the power. It was the God that dwelt where the Ark dwelt. Are you with me? So now the Philistines put themselves in array, battle array against Israel. And Israel was defeated by the Philistines. And, and they killed 4,000 men of the army in the field. And when the people had come into the camp, the elders of Israel said, why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord from Shiloh to us, that when it comes among us, it may save us from the hand of our enemies. In other words, we're not gonna ask God, we're just gonna bring the ark. You can have a cross. You know, when, when I was a kid, there was, there was a show that it, it was something about uh, Dracula. And, and anyway, they would put a cross and, and it would repel him. And there's a lot of people that wear a cross and they, they think just because they're wearing a cross that, that that's what's gonna repel your enemy away from you. The children of Israel said, let's bring the Ark of the Covenant in here and then we'll go back out and fight the Philistines again and we'll win. But all they were doing is bringing the Ark. They were not bringing the presence of God. Are you with me? So uh, the, the people are celebrating. Oh boy, this is wonderful. They were doing church, but they were not in the presence of the Lord. God has come. The, the, the Philistines, when they heard the ark had come into the uh, Israel camp, they said, woe unto us because they brought the Ark of the Covenant into their camp. But what the Philistines didn't know is that the presence of God had not been ushered in. See, the Philistines, they were heathens and they were looking and saying, that must be their power. But it wasn't their power. It was the place where God would meet. I'm here today to tell you some of us have gone through the motions so long that we think that if we just do the motions that it is okay, we're saved, we're in a right relationship because we know how to do church. I was told by someone who went to a seminar and they said one of the people got up and they said at one of the churches that they were at, they plan their church services for two years, I think it was, in advance, down to the minute. They knew what they were going to do two years away. I just wanna ask you, how or where is God in all of that? Oh my, uh, did I lose my crowd? God help me real quick. Believing that the ark was their good luck charm, they take it to the battle 
and they lose not only the battle, but they lose the ark. Strangely enough, King Saul, he doesn't even try to go after the ark. The Bible tells us, lean not unto your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. I must tell you that something happened here. Saul, that's why he lost his kingdom is because he was losing by doing his own thing. Later on, David gets it in his heart. And I read to you where he chose out choice men. And he said, I'm going to bring the Ark of the Covenant back in. And so when David was bringing the Ark of the Covenant back in, the Philistines had sent it to a certain point. They said, we got to get it away from us. And so David didn't consult God. David just said, hey, we know where the ark is. Let's go get it. And while they were moving it, the cart jostled and, and, and one of the men, one of the priests, one of Aaron's sons reached out and touched it. One of the priests did rather. When he did, he fell dead. And it made David angry. Now, I don't mean shaking his fist angry at God, but he was like, how in the world are we going to get the ark back in? Well, David, here's a novel idea. You need to find out how God wants you to usher his presence in. Not just to wait at the Philistines. The Philistines were getting the cart back. They wanted it out of their area. They were doing it the heathen way. I'm afraid that church is more and more becoming like the world. Boy, I knew it would get quiet on that one. Come on. We, we want church to be just as close to what the world is doing. And that way, we, we will attract sinners. Now, I just want to tell you, every one of us was a sinner. When we were in sin, we weren't looking for a place that we could go and worship and be in the same condition. We were looking for a place where we could go that was better than where we we're at. There's no one stupid in here. But yet still some brilliant people think, Let's lower our standards. Let, let's lower our morals. Let, let's, let's compromise what we teach. Compromise what we preach. And, and then maybe we will get them in. We may get them in, but then what we have is just an extension of a bar. The extension of a nightclub the extension of a joint, the extension of something that people are wanting to get out of. Help me now. Someone help me preach here today. The church's job is to be up where they can pull people out of the mire.
where they can say, I know how you feel because I was once in that same pit. Here, let me give you a hand and get you out of it. Not, not, hey, let me come get in it with you and let's enjoy this sin and this misery together. I want to tell you I'm so glad that Jesus brought me out, turned my life around. Now I'm on my way, not because of my way, but because of his way. Well, here's the deal. David gets mad and he says, well, I can't move it. I'm going to just leave it there. And it was left in Obedidome. And Obedidome, uh, he hears about Obedidome and, and uh, the house of Obedidome. And, and it was there for three months. And everything that Obedidome did was blessed. Obedidome didn't go buy a ticket, but he won the lottery. Amen. That's what happened. Here it is. Everything he touched was blessed. He's prospering. And David went. I hear Obedidome is getting blessings. Why was Obedidome getting blessings? Because that's where the presence of God was. Where the presence of God is, there's blessings, there's healings, there's miracles, there's fullness of joy, there's signs, there's wonders. And David said, I'm going to go get that ark. This time, I'm going to find out how God wants me to get it. And we're going to do it the right way. And so he chooses out these men and they come to where Obedidome is. And they moved the cart the right way. But David said, I've got some things I'm going to do. Now, I want you to, I want everyone to pay close attention. Count this off. I'm going to take steps. Y'all count it off if you don't mind. Ready? Here we go. One, two, three, four, five. And then he started shouting and offering sacrifice. He had another spell right there. Every six paces, they had church. <laughs> some of y'all and some of us, because I've done it before. I've gone six days and not get in his presence. Well, you're a preacher. I'm not bragging on it. I'm ashamed of it. David said, we're going to sacrifice and we're going to praise and then something happened. Things got so moved, true worship began to happen. And see, when true worship takes place, something takes place in you. When true worship happens, you'll do things that you might have thought I wouldn't ever do. I want to practice for the novice that is here today.
I want everyone to do it at one time because some people have been trained from little children because you were trained in different churches that you're not to speak out in church. The Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. We're going to do a little experiment. We're going to say, praise God on the count of three, all together. And I want every voice to be lifted up on the count of three. One, two, three. Praise God. Ooh, wee, man, that was, man, great day. That was good. <laughs> Hallelujah. For those of you who are watching by television or some other means, you just missed a real blessing. That was a good one. Okay. Now I, I want to take you a little bit further. We're going to try it with one hand because I don't want anyone to get spiritually cramped. I want every person to raise up your right hand and put it right back down. Did it hurt anyone? Did it kill anyone? Did anyone lose? The Bible says that I wish that all men would lift up holy hands. Amen. Now, holy hands, holy hands. Okay, here, here's the other thing. Now we're really going to stretch it. You've already said praise God and you've lifted up your hand. Now I'd like for you to lift your hand and we're going to really take it and get radical and I want you to just wave it. Wave it to the Lord. Oh my goodness, praise be to God. Now, now, put your hands down. You did that because I asked you to do it, but there'll be a time in your worship that you're really feeling it. And, and you won't need a preacher to tell you, say praise God. You'll be going, they might not like it. They might get upset. They're just going to have to not like it. You might start out with one of these, uh, praise God. That's okay. But then they, the choir goes, now I'm on my way. Now I'm, and it'll turn from praise God to whoo, praise God. <laughs> I didn't mean to raise my hand. It just kind of came out. Oh, here, here we go. Y'all work with me. I'm just about done. And, and then, once you really don't care about who's watching, but you're looking at who you're worshiping, there came a time that David took that step and then he started dancing wildly. Now I would show you my imitation of David, but I'm afraid that I would hurt myself. <laughs> but I somehow believe that he was twirling. I believe he was doing, I don't know all that the man was doing. When I get to heaven, I wanna say, David, throw it down, brother. I wanna see <laughs> what you got. And then I'm going to say, Howie, get over here, show him what you got. <laughs> I believe David in heaven will say, 
I had done it enough, we had sacrificed enough, and when the presence of God came down in that place, I didn't mean to necessarily do it, but I just got to feeling the presence of God so much, I couldn't dance hard enough, I couldn't jump high enough, I couldn't praise him loud enough, I didn't care who was watching, I just knew that it was the presence of God, and I was so happy to have the presence of God, I was so happy to have the glory of God, I was so happy to feel his presence in our place again. I couldn't help myself. I wish someone here today would say, I'm happy to be in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Keep standing, keep standing. Michael, that was his wife, Saul's daughter. She came or she looked out the window and then she talked to her husband, David. And this is not in the King James, this is paraphrased. You look like a fool dancing around. You were twirling until I saw your underwear. And don't you know before you twirl, you go and put on clean underwear? <laughs> if you read this story, David got a real attitude. Look here. David threw it back at her. He said, look here, girl. This is how it is. Your daddy used to be the king. But God chose me over your daddy. And basically, I wasn't dancing for you and I didn't ask you to come out the house and dance with me. I was dancing with the king. I was dancing with the God of all creation who made me. And here's what happened. He finally, he said, and I'm paraphrasing again. If you thought that was something, you just keep watching because I don't intend to lighten up. I intend to worship him with more intensity. I intend to worship him with more vitality. And I, if you didn't like that, you're sure not gonna like what I did. Now there's people who are gonna talk bad about what you do. Michael talked bad about her husband and God made her barren. She never bore children. People need to be careful. See, they might be talking about their, our, our shout and our worship, but what they actually are talking about is the presence of God that is making that shout happen. The presence of God that is... Now, I, I, wanna, I, I want to end with this. In the presence of God, if we will get... It's not just ushering in the presence, 
But when we get to the presence of God, that's where healings are. I preached last week, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He was in the presence of the Lord. Healing came in the presence of the Lord. In the presence of God, there are victories. There is new life. There's salvation. There's sanctification. There's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's signs, there's miracles, there's wonders in the presence of God. Oh my. I'm looking over at a woman right now that I used to identify her when people would say, we're not sure who that is. I'd say it's a woman who sits on the left-hand side in a wheelchair. But she got into the presence of God. And in the presence of God, raise your hand up. Let me tell you, when you get into the presence of God, signs, miracles, wonders can happen. You might say, well, mine hadn't happened yet. Today can be your day. Today can be your day. Do you want to usher in the presence of the Lord? Do you want the presence of the Lord to come to where you are? The Bible says, know you not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I want every person that would, I want, I want you to look inside right now. There might be someone who isn't a Christian and you would say, Pastor, I don't have the presence of God and I don't have any of the blessings. I don't have that working in my life because I, I, I've never ushered in his presence into my life. Just how do you do it? Jesus, please forgive me. Come into my heart, come into my life, forgive me. And he will come in and he will abide with you. Then if you need healing, miracles, signs, wonders, whatever the case may be, if you need your marriage restored, if you need your children delivered, if you, if you need deliverance, listen, man, I just felt the, the anointing and the prompting of the Holy Ghost. Today, God is gonna deliver people from drugs, alcohol, and cigarettes today. You hear me? Today, today it's gonna happen. If you're, my Lord, that's a word from God. It's, it's going to happen. If you're bound, man, that's not in my notes. I'm telling you, that's fresh from heaven. That's not hype. Someone here today, if you'll allow God, this will be the last day you'll smoke a cigarette. If you'll allow God, it'll be the last day you take any kind of drug that is you ought not to be taken. Today, if you'll allow God, this will be the last day you ever take a sip of alcohol. You don't have to be bound. You do not have to be bound. This is your deliverance day. Usher in the presence of God where no one is embarrassed, where no one is called out. I'm going to ask every person that would. I want those who are going to be baptized. Go ahead and go to the uh, baptism area. But I want every person. I want you to flood the aisles, flood the front of this altar. Come on, come on very quickly. Come on, move just as fast as you can from the front to the back. If you know someone who is bound, if you know someone who is in trouble, you come in their behalf. This isn't if you just have a need. I want God to touch and help you. I want God, we're ushering in his presence. Come on, flood in, move, move to the left, move to the right. Come on, in Jesus' name. Move as quickly as you can. Move as quickly as you can. 
hallelujah. They're getting ready to sing a song that says the presence of the Lord is here. Now here's what I want to ask every person. I want you, first of all, before you ask God for anything, I want you to praise him. I want you to start lifting up your voice to him and just say, I love you. I praise you. I thank you for all that you've done for me. Just get into his presence. Enter into his courts with praise and, 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 and get there in that place. And then once you've praised him, once you've, once you've glorified his name, then, then I want you to start saying, now, dear God, I want you to deliver me. Now, dear God, I want you to heal me. Now, dear God, I want you to set me free. Now, dear God, I need a healing, a miracle, a sign, a wonder. I need you to work it out, dear God. All right, are you ready? Are you ready? Come on, how about sing that for me? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. God bless.